The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the Unpacked Pod, part of AcmePackingCompany.com. I am not Zach Rapport dialing in from uh, New Mexico. I am, however, Alex Takis dialing in from Brooklyn, New York, where uh, Nick Bornheimer joins me here in person. Say what's up, Nick. Hey, y'all. And uh, today we have a very special edition of the show. We're midway through the season. Our uh, like podcast parent is frolicking around in Dallas doing... Lord knows what. Uh, so we kind of get to just run free and uh, go crazy a little bit. So to do so, we have invited two very dear old friends and uh, 50% of the uh, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy show on uh, ESPN Milwaukee. Uh, we are joined by Gabe Neitzel, who is a serial uh, radio addict, I would say. I would list <laughs> the things that you host, but uh, that would basically bring us to like the 45-minute mark. So then we would have to call it so uh we'll just go with jen gabe and chewy for now yeah i appreciate you having me on and uh you know helping continue to build my addiction so thank you yeah of course you slotted us in between like the overnight show that you're probably gonna host on (laughs) espn or whatever it is um you know that network uh also joining us is the producer of jen gabe and chewy uh, former resident of new york former roommate of nick bornheimer uh josh dimaggio what's up josh What's up? I'm very excited to be here. I've listened to this pod since really its inception. It's my first time as a guest here. I've asked on before and I finally made the cut. So <laughs> thank you, you Zach. Well, you know what? Thank you, Zach, for, yeah. for missing out on today and letting me uh, spread my wings here and fly. Yeah, today the inmates are running the asylum and we brought some real <laughs> we brought some real bad boys with us. Yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna sit back and let Josh cook, man. I feel like he's got some takes that he's just been like letting stew and has wanted to open up the microphone on Jen Gabe and Chewy and just hasn't found the right way to let him fly. So I'm just gonna let Josh cook today. Yeah, as as a good producer, I let them go first, and I just sit back there having a, a show filled with takes all by myself, basically. That's um, all. I'm giving takes to no one specifically. That's, that's <laughs> the best way to do it, just to an empty sounding yeah. board. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to listen to you cook and watch, because, you know, we are on a video <laughs> call here today. Um yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm going to be, I, I told Nick this leading up to the show, I did not get to watch the Packers 20-3 victory over the Rams as intently as I would normally watch a Packer game. I was traveling, and I went back and watched highlights, and to be honest, I can't really 
be bothered to go back and watch like an extended version of that. Uh, they won a game. Best that they... way to lead into a Packers podcast. They're just, without consuming the they're content. Just, yeah, yeah. But this team is so bad that you won't go back and watch the one game they win. Uh, well, like it's not that they're bad. Again, I like bad. I it's that they're boring and it's really uh, terrible. But uh, you know, all that being said, I would think that uh, according to Vegas, who's always going to be like the most right. Um, the way we got here is kind of messed up, but like they're kind of exactly where they're supposed to be. So I, I don't know. I don't know that we need to spend too much time on the Rams game. I guess we could talk about some injuries that came out of that or whatever it might be. But um, I thought we would do just kind of like a mid-season assessment and obviously your new voices uh, as first-time guests this season on the show uh, to get your take and like what the pulse of, you know, the city of Milwaukee is like. Are they as uh, uh, emotional as... One Nick Bornheimer over here who <laughs> who goes each week from, you know, I'm the, I'm I'm Mercurial as uh, I think yeah. Zach has classified me Mercurial indeed yeah you you pretty much start every show depressed and end by wanting to bet on the Packers yeah yeah, like. yeah I I really r- ride the wave yeah. um and yeah I did end up betting the Packers last game even <laughs> well, that, even out a boy out a boy because you get to you get you know, five minutes pre kickoff, you're like, what do I, what am I really rooting for? And if it's a small wager, like I'm not going to, I don't, I don't care enough about an emotional hedge Yeah. at that all, point. All good gamblers bet with their heart. Yeah, that's right. successful this year. <laughs> um, all right. So what do you, what do you guys like Gabe? Like what's your vibe on this team? Uh, are you, are, are you enjoying hosting a morning show for a team in a market that, has a lot of things wrong with it like i remember there were times uh you know back in the day when we all lived in the same place and worked at the same place but the packers being really good oftentimes was boring so you definitely can't say that about them now no and and you coined during the 2013 season when rogers got hurt and they had to have a lot of things go right for them in order for that last game when rogers came back against the bears to mean something and you said hey sometimes it's fun to be desperate Right. Like we were just desperately watching all these other games in the lead up to Aaron Rodgers return. But like we knew there was light at the end of the tunnel. So that's why being desperate was fun was because you knew that there was an opportunity for something. Calling this team boring is the most correct thing you can call it. Like I am. I don't look forward to watching this team every Sunday because they are boring. Like think about think about how boring it's going to be and how tough of a watch it's going to be watching them play the Steelers on Sunday. Like both these teams cannot move the football with any regularity. Like the first to 14 points may win this game. And that's not what the NFL has built itself off of the last decade. They've been able to become the king of sports by scoring points and building around, um, you know, the quarterbacks and making things fun. And these teams aren't fun. And it's not even going to be good defense that wins the day. It's just going to be inept offenses that aren't able to move the ball. And that's like the Steelers legitimately have a good defense. I don't know if the Packers legitimately have a good defense, but it's going to be two inept offenses. And that's just not going to be fun to watch. And I thought I was somebody who at the beginning of the season said six wins. Like I saw six wins out of this team. I also thought at some point it would be more fun. Like I thought there would be actual growth happening from the team. Like if you were to look at it right now, roughly halfway through offensively, who would you say? is definitively better now than they were when the season started back in September. 
Um, no. Zach Tom. On the offensive side of the ball. Wicks. On the offensive side. Yes, offensive side of the ball. Wicks. Well, we don't know because he's been getting giving, he's been given such limited snaps. He might have been that good to start with. <laughs> and that good is like four catches for yeah, 40 yards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which feels yeah, like, you know, phenom. feels like a um, Tyreek Hill performance. Uh, I don't know. Musgrave didn't go down um, right immediately after catching the ball, which was helpful. Um, we saw that that potential, but not to answer your point, Gabe. Not very many of the uh, of, of the Packers faithful offensively have you know improved, which is and terrible. And that's troublesome, right? Like that's troublesome at this point because I thought we would have that growth, and I thought we would be having that fun. I the one thing I did say at the beginning of the season: Hey, this team's only going to win six games but they're going to be a fun team to watch. And I feel like I'm somehow wrong about both, even though they're on the way tracking to that six-ish win number sitting here at three and five. But like they feel somehow worse and they haven't been fun to watch. Yeah. Well, thanks. This this is the part of the show where we all get kind of depressed. <laughs> Wait, we ramp back up and then we talk ourselves back up. <laughs> I don't know if I have as negative as a view, I share a lot of what Gabe said from a holistic standpoint. From a professional standpoint, I've lo- absolutely loved showing up every day and talking about the Packers because it is different. I'm already looking at mock drafts. I'm trying to figure out, hey, how many games do we have to lose to maybe be in the top five, to be in the, the top, uh, to get a good draft pick. But for me, I've truly rode the wave from a stand- from a fan standpoint this season, like completely. Starting the season, I thought they were going to be a 5-6 win team. It was going to be nothing. It was a full tank rebuild. I watched Jordan Love sling the pill a couple of times, and I was ready to call him good after before the first My uh, man. regular season game started. <laughs> then I got in a real funk as the, as the losses started to, to started to hit. And the, as, as we said, it's been like – it's not even been boring. It's been like inept. Like there hasn't been things happening. You, you can watch a half of football from the Green Bay Packers and they have nine total yards. That's like the thing you text your friends about like, oh my God, did you see what Missouri yeah. did? They, <laughs> they didn't move the ball at all. For, they didn't cross the 30, things like that. And that became, I haven't experienced that. None of us have experienced that really at any point in our, in our times watching the Packers, aside from like a Seneca Wallace led, led right. Packers team. I remember watching. But I've the, also uh... turned the. I was just going to say, I remember watching Geno Smith at one point this year saying, I wish that Jordan Love could do that. Yeah, that'd be fun, even though (laughs) he might stink again, too. Who knows? But I've also, after watching the Rams game and getting excited about actually seeing a win, seeing good things happen, seeing Luke Musgrave make plays, seeing Dontavian Wicks make plays, seeing Aaron Jones be able to play a full complement of touches, even though it wasn't that productive, I started thinking, hey, what if this is like the turning point? What if the... what if not that they're going to be good. Not that they're a playoff team. Not that they're nine ten. But what if the offense is better? What if the offense is good? <laughs> they scored what? twenty points. Like yeah. Josh is Josh is just all in after seeing him score twenty <laughs> points. But but what what I'm talking about is like Luke Musgrave stayed on his feet. He made some big plays. Dontavian Wicks. He's like. He's kept the same complement of snaps pretty much and actually showed some sort of production. He was catching the ball. Like if Romeo Dobbs is the third best pass catcher, you're in a good spot. <laughs> yes. So what if what if they don't like is there going to be the Jordan Love explosion game? Because I'm gonna lose my mind. 
I'll have the best time ever. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're constantly approaching two years since the Packers have had a three hundred yard passing game. Like we are quickly coming up on crazy. that two year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when Jordan Love has it, I'm gonna be acting a damn fool. You know what? I'll I'll just add real quick. What's in in three decades of of fat Packers fandom, we haven't experienced a team that looked so um you know flaccid flaccid <laughs> yeah uh-huh. um and but as wisconsin sports fans and consumers um we've witnessed it with the brewers and the bucks and it's easy to just lose sight of or interest in a team three quarters of the way into the season when you know they play so many games you don't really care about the milwaukee bucks team that's already you know 20 games under 500 um but there's it's not as much of a, an investment to watch this team week to week. And I go from being depressed, don't waste your time watching them, blah, blah, blah. But then I go right back to your stance, Josh. I'm like, what, the second a couple good things happen, <laughs> whatever. Like, I don't want to see this team tank tank. I want to see growth. And if they were to tank tank, that'd be fine. But they're just just slightly good enough not to be able to to get there so we just got to see some growth and i uh i'm getting kind of i if they didn't win this last week it could have been a really really dark yeah. nine games because if they make it out of the next four games one and three i'll be kind of surprised maybe maybe not surprised but they got to beat pit i'll be pleased yeah mm-hmm. i'll be pleased with one and three yeah <laughs> uh yeah i i yeah please pleasantly surprised with two and two you know what what even with all that, like at three and five, it, like having a reg a, a, an above the our expectation season is not out of the realm of possibility. Like it's not. The problem is quiet. though that we. But just, it's yeah. it's how it looks. Yeah, exactly. That's it's exactly how it right. looks. Yeah, but again, what if, what if it looks like Jordan Love has one game for three twenty five and three TDs with no picks, and all of a sudden you know we're like hey hey. I don't know. It's 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 less like the so I should I guess it's not less. It's 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 a combination of the uh, lack of talent shown by Jordan Love, but also just the lack of anyone having any idea of what's going on. Like I I my faith in Matt Lafleur is so shaken because I just can't understand how you could be eight games into a season and still like have more penalty yards than actual offensive yards, like for large chunks of games, like nearing halftime. I just it's it's really mind boggling to me. Um, and like, yeah, I want to see growth in Romeo Dobbs, not dropping as many passes. I want to see growth in, uh, you know, Jordan love, maybe with Dobbs, honestly with Dobbs, with Dobbs, I want to see him get more. I want to see him get open more. Yeah. Regularly. yeah but I just want to say like, I want to like, cause Dontavian Wicks has been able to do that. Like, and that's, and I think that's why I, I said it on post game last week. The more I watch this team, the more I think the future of the receiving core is Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. Yeah, but like that to me is the future of this receiving core, which get excited about that if you want. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a statement worth getting excited about, but what I've seen out of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs this year has been straight up disappointing. Like anytime Christian Watson comes near a football, well, he's going to go down like he's been shot and he's going to the sideline. Like how depressing is it yeah. when the man lands on his back? He's not even hit, just lands on his back and he's being evaluated for back chest and concussion injuries all in the same play. Like it's, I, I, I've, I'm almost to the point where I'm ready to just, Hey, I'm done. I mean, if we get anything out of Christian Watson, I'll be happy at that point. I'm very close to moving on. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor. Remember that? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> 
God. Sure. Great they have messed that one up. Yeah, could have pulled the trigger on that. Uh, I, I think Christian Watson is like, for anybody, like any kid, like I remember I felt this way in like high school, who's like in the weight room and their high school football coach is yelling at them, telling them how important the weight room is. I'd be like Christian Watson. That guy is built like a stallion. And that guy, he cannot stay. Like he has an insane ability to always be hurt and always take like the brutal end of a collision. How is that possible? Like, I don't understand. I, I don't know what the best way to put it. I don't know how to tiptoe around it, but like, does he you understand? Well, no, I don't want to call him soft, but I <laughs> basically, but it, it, I guess that'd be one way to put it. But like, does he understand that playing in the NFL, there's going to be some pain because the dude has an unbelievable ability to go down. Like he's had the most devastating injury. Like a couple weeks ago when love throws the ball behind him and like everybody thought his like he's, Oh man, he's done the way he went to the sideline and fell down and was writhing in pain, grabbing his knee. Everybody thought, okay, he's done. But then he's able to practice on Wednesday. Same thing this week. He's practicing on Wednesday. He's going to be able to go on Sunday. Like, how how is it possible that this guy is going down with seemingly devastating injuries <laughs> and yet actually isn't hurt? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Maybe he just maybe he is actually hurt and he just heals faster than anybody has ever healed. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so either he's Wolverine, so either yeah. he's Wolverine or he's soft. It's one of the two. There's no in between. Wow. Well, calling him soft. This is why you bring radio. <laughs> yeah. We. So it's funny because uh, AP missed last week's show and we had texan and we very gingerly tiptoed around soft yeah, nah them them's be fighting words <laughs> in, the, in the football community yeah well we've we've got a 65 250 pound former tight end who still lifts every day to back us up so we don't actually have to back anything up yeah. he's the one also saying it every day on 94.5 espn so we'll just hide behind him yeah, yeah. perfect uh yeah and i mean for every reason you just stated, if it ever came to it, I, I think I backed Chewie in that uh, in that bout. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I would do. <laughs> yeah, even given his age and and all of those good things. Uh, one of the things that Nick and I toyed with um, today when we were like, "What the hell do we do without Zach? Like, they're going to be such a mess." Was was doing a, uh, this kind of thing where we look at like a sliding doors moment um, because I also feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that. Um, People are starting to really turn on uh, Goody, uh, you know, given everything you just said, like a, a receiving core that finally invested uh, in drafting some, you know, day two at least talent uh, shouldn't have Dontavian Wicks as their best producer. Like, uh, so people are really starting to question a lot of decisions made. So I wondered, like, if we were just to say, uh, I give you the power to reverse one thing that he has done. That might that might make this season more tolerable. It might make them actually competitive. Whatever it might be for you, what would that what would that decision be? Um, because for ever, well, or in the last twelve months, <laughs> ever ever it raises an interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, not getting a law degree. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, well, no, because because honestly, the one in his reign as GM, I think I think it's fair to okay. open it up oh. because like this, that's yeah, you know, this is all this this is a culmination of years and years of decisions, and we knew where we were going. That's the thing. Like none of this is a, really a surprise, but now that we're here, we're like, wow, damn. It's super easy for me, but Josh, do you have one? Yeah, I mean, I've got a variety of options. Do you want to go first? I mean, to me, it's Devontae. Yeah. Yeah. 
If, like, if, if Devontae's on this team, you have an adult, like an actual adult in the room in terms of <laughs> helping these guys learn. And going back to Chewy, so for, for those who don't know, Mark Chimura, you know, three-time Pro Bowler, Packer Hall of Famer. That's who Josh and I do the show with every day, along with Jen Latta from ESPN. He's so well-drilled. And... This is insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, like, it's not even and... like speaking. It's just like... It's, it's, it's reflexive. Yeah. You, you used to be there, too. Uh, no. You still can be. Never like that. Well, but 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 what a lot of the stories Chewy tells, like he is one of his favorite teammates um, was Ed West. So Ed West, who was there when Chewy first got to Green Bay, like helped Chewy and helped teach Chewy how to play tight end in the NFL. Yes, he had a tremendous coach. Like Andy Reid was Chewy's tight end coach back in the 90s. And obviously Andy Reid's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. Like he's one of the best head coaches of all, of all time. And he's he knows football. But there's also just that something of once you get to the NFL and really any level, being able to learn from your peers of, hey, when you have to cut this rut off, this is how you do it. And the Packers just don't have anybody tight end wide receiver that can help these guys along other than the coaches. They don't have that veteran presence. And if you had a Devontae Adams to this point and Goody messed that up, give, give the man his money before he gets to that last year. And Devontae Adams is still a green Bay Packer and Devontae is said as much at this point, Yeah, but not having that veteran, I think is really just really just kind of stunted the growth of the pass catchers. And it wouldn't look as clunky as it would ha- if you would have had that veteran. I mean, it doesn't even have to be somebody as good as Devontae Adams, but you had Devontae Adams in your pull, in, in your grasp, and you let it slip away. So that's where I go. If Devontae is still a part of this team and they still end up trading Aaron Rodgers, it's not as bad as it looks right now, and the offense probably looks a, a little bit more fluent at this point, and I think we're having more fun on Sundays. Yeah. I, I think the really depressing part of that, too, is that um, I think it's like, it's mutual, you know, like, I mean, Devontae Adams is growing increasingly frustrated with having to play it, uh, on a shitty team with a, you know, with bad quarterback play where he's not even, you know, where Jacoby Myers is arguably out producing. It's, it's, it's rough. And that makes it, I think, even harder. Like if he were to go on and flourish, it'd be different, but it's like, this is something we both could, they could have made it work and it would have been better for both of them. Um, all right, Joshy, we're going to go in with one of your yeah. calls. <clears throat> the the few things I was looking at were, was all draft-related. The first one that comes to mind is obviously the selection of Jordan Love. But in that same draft, in that first round, Aaron Rodgers raved about a certain wide receiver from LSU who's now in the division and just absolutely dominating the best wide receiver in football. Like, that decision to not be aggressive, to make an attempt to – do the final run to go through the whole process. Like he Goody set in motion a replacement plan for Aaron Rodgers that then he ended up hanging on to Aaron Rodgers too long, which then put us in the spot we were in. But then there's other obvious things like something as simple as like what the hell was Amari Rodgers in option four? Why was he there? Like the Jay Sternberger, the the names that that just come up, like Christian Watson instead of George Pickens. Like, George Pickens on this team, I think, makes a huge, huge difference. And everybody on draft day was looking around going, take take George Pickens. He's right there. And, like, the larger point I wanted to make about this, and I've brought it up a few places, is <clears throat> Brian Gutekunst made this evaluation of Jordan Love so unnecessarily difficult for himself and for everyone else by just draining the pool and starting <laughs> brand new fresh with everything. 
Like, mm-hmm. of course it was going to be hard for us to figure out how much of this is Jordan Love's fault versus how much of this is coaching versus how much of this is young players. Like, there was absolutely no need to build the team this way at this point. I know we had to get out from the money, but there's veterans walking around. Jason Wilde from Wilde and Tausch, 9 to noon, 94.5 ESPN. Okay, okay. Has mentioned like dozens of times, like what Mercedes Lewis wanted to be here. Why not bring him around to help out Luke Musgrave? Like, what's the point? What what possible, like Josiah DeGuara was a fullback that they moved to tight end because they realized it was Tucker Crap, Luke Musgrave, and Ben Davis as their tight end core. And like, this isn't good enough. So they had to change him in the depth chart. Like, this all became more difficult than it needed to be. Well, and to that point, something else that we've talked about, Josh, is where some of these guys have gone to college, Yeah. right? So now you've got Christian Watson, who was going to have a steep learning curve coming from an FCS school. A team that ran the ball every time. Yeah, by the way, yes, yeah. (laughs) And came from a school that was predicated off of running the football. Um, Romeo Dobbs also has a steeper learning curve coming from a group of five school instead of a power five school. Like, and, and that was part of what the Packers had done in the past, but they had stacked everybody on top. Like, oh, they've got Donald Driver from Alcorn State who, you know, had some other players that he learned from when he came up. So then when Greg Jennings from Western Michigan comes along, now he's got a veteran to learn from. Now when you draft uh, James Jones from San Jose State, he's got somebody who's established to learn from. So you can draft those guys from those schools as long as you have, like, a plan in place. Like, just grabbing guys from non-Power 5 schools and just throwing them against the wall and hoping somebody sticks seems to be the plan. And, oh, by the way, okay, so, yes, you took Jaden Reed, who looks like he's one of their guys for the future. They like they they have a play in the playbook every week for Jaden Reed. Went to a Power 5 school. Dontavian Wicks looks like he can get open. Went to a Power 5 school. Musgrave went to a Power 5 school, but played two games last year. Like, there's still a lot of football that needs to be grown from there. And, and you can kind of see when you start factoring all these things in how an offense can look the way the Packers' offense has looked when it's not only young, but, like, football inexperienced as well. Yeah, well said. I was going to say Amari Rogers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is the worst, not only the one, the worst draft picks, but the fact that we just had to hold on to that um, oh. top 100 player and try to keep him inserted in the offense after time and time and time again, it was a worse Ty Montgomery somehow. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he had God, a longer, longer I'm lead. sorry, I, I laugh because I don't know what else to do when the phrase a worse Ty Montgomery somehow yeah. comes out. Like, I, there's nothing else you can do there. Um, but Josh mentioned Amari, so I just want to explore the Bakhtiari piece because oh, mm-hmm. that wasn't great either. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked about that a week or two ago when I was saying, like, that. I don't know. It's impossible for me to not compare everyone to what is going to go down in my lifetime as just the golden era of the Packers probably having the best GM in Ted Thompson, the best quarterback. And I won't say the name because I don't want to put a nickel into the swear jar. Gabe, by, by the way, you owe, you owe us a uh, five cents. What is it? 25 cents? Five yeah. cents? We keep a tally of how many times uh, the guy with, you know, the, the Achilles. He's he's what the guy who it turns out. Well, you brought brought up our Mari Rogers, um, like so that guy who also wanted Mari Rogers out of town. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like part of part of part of what's also made this frustrating is it seems like 
he who shall not be named, I guess Voldemort, is that is that what we're calling him on this program? Yeah. Is right about so many damn things. I know. Uh, and that's what I get in trouble for saying. Is like <laughs> and, and honestly, it makes me it makes me mad. I mean, we that, were all we could uh, the armchair quarterback was right about Amari Rogers. Well, yeah. You didn't need you didn't need to be no, a rocket yeah. scientist. But, but it was the perfect storm of losing like I said, like I lost faith in his football opinions because of his non-football opinions and it may and mm-hmm. i feel bad for doing that because the one thing that that <laughs> guy knows better than anything is football like he is still a, a arguably a football genius anyway i didn't mean to t- cut you off i was just gonna say uh i don't know what i was gonna say and why i brought up ted <laughs> oh the box yari thing the mo- yes. <laughs> dude like you're you're gonna go so the other way on like the like serious injury like let's give up on a guy or like you know like a year too early or a year too late thing to that degree it was just it it was just tough to convert it into the signing bonus like obviously when he's in your lineup he's elite he's still yeah and he has but he hasn't a general manager's job is risk mitigation and that was just lighting a lot of money on fire yeah that's a tough one but it's it's a big reason why what is what is it you guys were talking about this last week like what percent of their uh team is actually playing like money wise something like they're like a 40 percent of the cap team or something like <laughs> yeah. that that's yeah yielded the the thing that's interesting to me about bakhtiari is in practice having the stud left tackle the guy the all pro level for your brand new quarterback makes makes perfect sense what i don't understand and what i have i have a hard time like accepting like what's happening between the training room and the and the coaching staff and the front office because when that conversion came and they decided to roll with david bakhtiari like did we not know that bone on bone could possibly be the situation here like where where did the breakdown come from like the dude the dude got the the Chad Clifton treatment where he didn't practice at all. He played one game and then we never saw him again. Like if you're that close to a devastating needing another surgery, we had no mitigation factor. We have the guy in the building who does the damn surgery. Like what happens? Remember when Matt LaFleur debuted like the uh like NBA rotation left tackle thing? Like, yes. <laughs> like insane. It's like, oh late first quarter, we gotta get him out. He's gonna get in foul yeah. trouble. Right. This is yeah, it's not your drive. What the hell, man? Ah, anyway. Um, but no, I mean, the Bakhtiari thing, yes, is a huge disaster because you had the opportunity probably to dump him. I mean, you would have been selling low on him, but you also like all the signs for him not returning after Aaron Rodgers didn't come back. Like this is a guy who drove around in a golf cart with Aaron Rodgers last year. Right. And you're trying to separate yourself from that. I understand you couldn't, I, I guess you didn't want to get rid of all of the veterans because that would have been a bad look, but for David Bakhtiari to be the veteran that Goody's like, yep. That's my guy was wildly and just an interesting decision. And that's a great point, Josh. Like how, how did we not know bone on bone? <laughs> like before the season, that sounds bad. How, how is this not possible? Especially with Dr. McKenzie, who is one of the most like respected doctors in the NFL, like Bennett on his way out a couple of years ago, decided to go after 
after Doc McKenzie. And that was like a galvanizing moment for the rest of the roster. Like, burn all the bridges you want. Go after Doc McKenzie and everybody's going to be in your ass. Wow. Uh, yeah. Inexplicable. I don't know. I don't know. Um, incompetence at <laughs> other levels other than just the players. I, I just had a random thought based on, you know, Bakhtiari. It made me think about the offensive line. Is Do we know... Or are we sure Matt LaFleur knows how to use his players and what his best players are? Because, like, when we see this offensive line and the Josh Myers is playing the best football of his life and uh, Sean Ryan makes a debut and grades out extremely well and handles Aaron Donald multiple times. Rashawn Slater, 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 is that his name? The left you're tackle. Walker? You're talking about Walker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking about- Chewy, Chewy is wearing <laughs> off on you. Late. That is scary. <laughs> what, uh, yeah, what confluence of names did you put? <laughs> That's not his first name either, right? Yeah. Rasheed Walker. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Rasheed Wallace. Finally, hey, we got there. <laughs> but Big playing ben. over Yash Nyman and, like, that weird fit Budkiss had, like, he didn't do what we needed him to do. So, like, are you playing your best players? Or are you guys grinding out some personal vendettas here? Because the <laughs> offensive line seems to have talent. You put in guys like Zach Tom, and you're like, huh, that guy's pretty damn good. Yeah. You put in Sean Ryan, he immediately makes an impression. Like, do we? are they using their players? Like, why is Luke Musgrave ever running the Dick Rogers route? Oh. His whole <laughs> thing is he's a unicorn. He's a unicorn. He should be running up the seam every <laughs> single time. Just go fast. That's what you're good at. He won't go do fast it. Yeah. And be big. Yeah, he gets he gets ten yards away from the line of scrimmage though, and he becomes a deer on ice. So oh, I understand running. I understand running the Dick Rogers routes to an extent. <laughs> but you got you got to walk before you can fly, my friend. Is this coaching staff helping themselves out at all in terms of personnel decisions? Because I don't feel I feel like they pulled the wrong strings a lot of times this year already. Yeah, and that's where it gets it gets tough to evaluate this team because like you can see some of the promise in basically everywhere, right? Like you can see some of the promise with Goody, but you see a lot of the, the, the fuck ups. You can see, Oh, we know what Matt LaFleur can do. We just, we, we saw him win 13 games, three years in a row, but you also see the things that you had just mentioned, Josh. So it's just like, there's so much blame that can go around and not a lot of promise. And you're because of maybe because of the four game losing streak, you start to see the flaws in the way everything's organized, the way that Mark Murphy decides to talk to the media, the way that, the offensive lines being selected. Like you, you start to see all these flaws that make you wonder if they can actually turn it around to become competent once again. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe no. <laughs> Plenty of reason to wonder if that will be the case. Um, all right. Let's uh, what was your phrase? Let's put a stinky little bow on it or a ribbon. What a stinky little uh, ribbon. Stinky little ribbon for some reason. Yeah. Let's put a stinky little ribbon on the big picture discussion questioning every single thing about this team and franchise (laughs) and uh we will look ahead to uh this coming game am i am i being too negative is that is that me is that a me problem no no, you're you're somehow being more positive than i usually am until until i'm we're a lot like i I feel like this uh this unit's a lot like the packers offense all season uh first half pretty rough pretty brutal uh (laughs) and then we (laughs) Really, really start to gain some momentum. We put, Kick it into gear. We probably put ourselves too far behind already. In the first yeah. Half, but, you know, we're going to try to dig ourselves out of an undiggable hole. Yeah. That's what we'll do. We're going to need a big second half here. Yeah. 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 All right, boys. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's rally. 
uh, I don't know what Matt Lef- man. I cannot picture him giving like a rousing speech, but they do play well in the second half. He just se- <laughs> it just seems so like I, I you know it's easy to say now that they're three and five. Like he was thirteen and three. Like should have been coach of the year multiple times, but like. How did he get by that long without reviewing this like substitute teacher energy that he's got? Like, <laughs> big substitute teacher energy is so true and it's so sad, right? Like, yeah. I, like I, I feel I don't get I can't get mad at him because I feel bad for him, but like you could also just be better. It looks like he's standing up there and doesn't have the curriculum. Yeah, well, but also like the the job has drastically changed, right? Like when he took the job, it was hey, get the best out of Aaron Rodgers, and then Goody actually did like put veteran players. I mean, the the first thing that Goody did when Matt Lafleur got here was go out and get the Smith brothers and Adrian Amos and Billy Turner, and they had some veterans on the roster, so you had a veteran, you know, a, a pretty veteran team. So the job is just completely different than it is now with a bunch of guys who are on rookie contracts. Like it's just a a vastly different ask of what your head coach needs to do. And I think he struggled with that transition. Do you guys remember the introductory Matt LaFleur press conference and how little confidence that instilled in all of us? You you mean the Mark Murphy speaks for 20 minutes before anybody (laughs) else. (laughs) And and Matt LaFleur like looked like a deer in headlights. He looked like he was terrified. I, I don't want to say the bad man's name, the 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 uh, ayahuasca man's name, but like, how much has that changed what the Matt Lafleur career as a head coach is like? Like, if you're sticking around from what you saw that man doing in Green Bay and how he ran the team, as we all so obviously know was happening, like, why am I going to listen to Matt Lafleur now? Yeah, this guy hasn't shown like he needs to be the. Chewy mentions it all the time. Like he was terrified of Mike Holmgren and Mike Holmgren's a, like a big guy, obviously that helps, but also is Chewy. So like, there's no disciplinarian at all. There's no one who's going to get after you. He's immediately going to be like, Oh no, that he's going to go to his press conference and be like, that's on me. I gotta, I gotta be better in those spots. And it's like, yeah, but your quarterback could just complete more passes. That would help things a lot too. Yeah. When, uh, when um, I, I remember Nick Sirianni's first press conference, and <laughs> while he stumbled all over his words, he did it confidently. And yes. <laughs> he and that, annoys. I don't. There's something about him. Wait, but you know what? But you know what? He he talked a bunch of gibberish and nonsense, but it was somehow, some way, enough to get people to rally behind him. And that man went to the Super Bowl last year. He did. He did. There's just something about him I can't like. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's his face. Yeah, I was about to say it's his face. It's very yeah. punchable. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <his face. laughs> it's as simple as that. Uh, all right. So maybe now we'll actually go into the half. Uh, we'll, we'll do a break. We're about as successful as <laughs> that. As, uh, as I don't know what the Packers shot. Dumb. That was like the equivalent of like we, we lined up for a field goal, like going into the half. We made it, but there was a penalty. And then it we was that weird gone. penalty where our center's head was slightly over the neutral zone or whatever. <laughs> times yeah and now uh instead we're going to uh throw a hail mary that probably reaches like the 20 yard line and gets <laughs> added down so we'll be back support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back on the Unpack Pod. Follow the show on Twitter at the Unpack Pod. You can follow Gabe uh, if you can find him. He's like working in the shadow, shadow band, man. Twitter shadow band. I'm a I'm a Twitter bad boy. Yeah, Elon doesn't like me. Yeah. G Nigel sixteen sixteen for the age in which he started working <laughs> at ESPN Radio. I believe that's actually true. I think it's, that actually is true. It's a hundred percent true. Is it why it's sixteen? No, that was that was my number. Like when I started my Twitter account, like I was. I was just like far enough out of college. I'm like, oh, I'll just throw 16 on there because that was, you know, you throw that on the back of whatever username because that was my number in, in college for baseball. So that's why it's 16. Uh, but 16 for that- the for being the age that I started at Goodcomer Brands. Yes, that is that's actually works too now. I might just go with that. Uh, that's a very aim thing to have on a username. It's just that was my number. I used to have I used to just put 44 on everything from my hockey number. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was Nikki B underscore 2009. For my high school graduation year, for some inexplicable reason. That's an interesting decision. Yeah, I don't know. I would Um, change a lot of things if I could go back in time, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, You can follow Josh at Josh underscore DiMaggio, spelled exactly how you would expect both of those things to be spelled. Uh, Of course, they are uh, a producer and one of the hosts of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on uh, ESPN Milwaukee. Um, All right. So. This is the part where we come out, we get a couple first downs, and we start to inspire some confidence. Get, get some momentum going. Let's go. Yeah, uh, We'll get to Degenerate Corner in a little bit. I wasn't there last week, but uh, we have some bets to go over uh, for that as well. But first, uh, you know, one of the things we didn't really talk about much um, or expand upon was the point that was made uh I believe by you, Josh, that said, like, you don't know whether or not this defense is good. Uh, you know, a little behind the curtain moment, not the beaded curtain, because I think we're skipping poetry today, unless you guys want to come up with a haiku <laughs> on the fly. Um, but behind the curtain, uh, during our little break, we were huddling, and uh, Nick said that the defense is increasingly mid, which I guess, I don't know. Like, it's weird because... Um, we're so used to and so conditioned to being mad at Joe Barry and, and for being able to blame things on them. But 
it's really hard to separate, you know, my vision of what the de- how good the defense can be if there was a competent offense from like how good the defense has been, you know, because there's just been so much asked of them. Like we joke about the first halves, but like the wear and tear on them going in <laughs> like late stages of the game that has already happened because of the offense's incompetent uh, incompetence really makes me wonder, like, b- because the individual talents are there, you know, like Quay Walker is a very promising player. Like Jair Alexander, really good player. We know Kenny Clark is a really good player. Rashawn Gary is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Like Maybe Van Ness is going to be like the pieces there are far more inspiring than these promising quote unquote players on offense. They haven't. The Packers haven't even been that sidetracked when like the Quay Walkers or the Devondre Campbells have had to be out because Isaiah McDuffie has filled a good enough role uh-huh. to be sufficient. That's true. Like and injuries yeah. too. Like we don't even talk enough about how injured they've been. Yeah, and how they went into the season without a second the, safety. The defense has been like I don't have a lot of like major complaints about them. I don't think they're a dominant force, but I don't know. I was saying during the break they didn't. They've never Packers defense has never really had to be. Can, can I pose one question though? Sure. Um, I'd love to hear what this position is. Are there that many good offenses in the NFL right now? No. No. There's not enough good quarterbacks. Correct. That, the NFL is a quarterback and problem. They're, they're, no. It, only in the NFC. There's like eight good ones. There's eight <laughs> potentially nine good ones all in the AFC. So, like the NFC has like they've got Jalen Hurts and then what? Yeah. I, I bring it up just to say like I don't think it's hard to have a good defense now. So it's really disappointing because like – had had the if the Packers had like a B minus offense, yeah, they could make the playoffs in this transition rebuild year. Like we kind of like talked ourselves into Nick. Like when yeah, yeah. when we were betting like Packers win total season overs, like going into the year, you know. I'm glad we that like, one's not tracked. And and a lot of that was banking on how bad everyone else can be, and that's held true. So that's the really disappointing part. Um, not I'm not, I'm not taking away from the Packers defense. I'm just saying like. It feels like the league as a whole also has like a little bit of a uh, uptick in defense. That's really just more of like a slope, a slide. And in, in, well, this in is offense. this is when they'll make a bunch of uh, well, offseason changes to increase offense yeah. productivity. Sorry, go ahead, Gabe. Well, because well, no, you take a look at like the teams the Packers have played. Right, they've played one team probably that can be considered a good offense, and that's Detroit. Meanwhile, you have on there Atlanta, who has replaced their quarterback. Uh, New Orleans has been underachieving offensively all season long, despite having good weapons on the outside. Uh, they, they just, you know, the, the Broncos have been a dumpster fire the last two years offensively. Um, the Raiders fired their coach, benched their quarterback. Like all the, these are the teams that the Packers have played and the defenses look okay against it. The, the defense is going to look okay this week as well, because the Steelers do not have a good offense. It's the three games after that. It's the Chargers, Lions again, and the Chiefs, where you're going to get an actual feel for how good this defense is or how good the defense can be because like Joe Barry's still getting manipulated into, into the, some of the dumb stuff that we hate. Like teams can still manipulate him into going two down linemen on a goal to go situation inside the 10 and then just run the football into the end zone. Like all those things are still there, but the teams that they played are bad enough that they haven't gotten to some of those points where they can manipulate Joe Barry into making the mistakes that we've grown tired over the, over the last two yep, years. I, th- I think the, I think the defense has held up their end of the donkey so far in in many of these games. They haven't they haven't had the giant disappointing. They haven't had the obvious Cooper Cup goes for 13 catches, 190 yards and two touchdowns. 
Like, they haven't had those situations yet. And as Gabe mentioned, the competition you just simply have to factor into. But the thing that remains for the defense is, like, the level of talent that they have there, the, the lack of production, the lack of turnovers that they're getting. Now, that changed with Brett Rippon, who's no longer a member of an NFL team, uh, after his performance last week with the Rams. But Wait, did that to happen? To me, this team... Yeah, just when you wanted to have some feel good, it's like the guy that you yeah. beat is no longer employed. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that happen. I mean, I, of course it did, but they signed Carson Wentz. Right. Somehow I missed that. Right. That's hilarious. Wasn't Tech right, they, saying he's not an NFL quarterback when you guys yes. were talking well, about? Ju- just, yeah, he he was, and Justice said. <laughs> but he's like, but he didn't mean it literally, and now, now it's like. That's funny. I, I believe Justice said on the uh, Pack-A-Day podcast with uh, Andy Herman, he said that he wasn't even XFL level because I yeah. think he was doing he was doing scouting for the XFL when that first started a couple years back, which is, <laughs> which is which is bad. But the thing about the defense to me is they struggle so bad to get off the field. Their their three and out rate is terrible, and when they're putting third and long, I don't know if you guys think it, but like third and twelve means absolutely nothing to me. I'm not counting. I'm not counting on getting the ball back in that situation. Because I, I do think that Joe Barry's so easy, easily manipulated, and the weaknesses of the Packers and their defensive play caller is so clear and so obvious that like teams don't stress, they don't press when they they end up in those situations. So to me, you've done great. Thanks for holding Brett Rippon to three points. Thanks for keeping a lot of those terrible offenses from going nuclear on us. But there's not enough production, and there's like the defense has never really took over a part of the game. Yeah. It's usually the offense that they're playing just doesn't move the ball. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. The three and out rate. I just saw the chart that you sent us. Uh, Packers are at 29. Uh, league worst is 17, but there's a huge disparity as the Broncos between 17 yeah. and the next worst, which is 26. So they're only, I mean, they're barely hovering uh, around like the, you know, the absolute bottom of the league. The Browns? I didn't even realize the Browns' defense was that great. Great defense. Head and awesome. <laughs> like, shoulders. I, I don't, wait, wait. Everyone. I don't know if their defense is good. I know I Miles know Garrett is just a, like, <laughs> out of this world making There's everybody else marble. good. That's insane. There's a 40% differential between the Broncos at 17 and the, the uh, Browns <laughs> at 50. Imagine more than half of your drives sorry defense. we're gonna we'll make we'll make zach for them for the listening audience we'll make <laughs> zach tweet this out so you can see what we're looking at well uh, yeah so basically the browns are 47 percent three and out percentage more than half of their defensive series results that's insane yeah no it's all miles garrett like miles garrett does all of the fun things doing the fake crossover before he blitzes like he's on an <laughs> yeah. nba court and he's the only player in nfl history who's moved in motion like he's an offensive player, but he's on defense. And then like blockers are following him around and teams are calling timeouts. Like it's, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like what Miles Garrett's doing this year. Um, yeah. Anyway, Packers down near the bottom. So it seems like maybe the consensus is we can't necessarily even judge what they are, There's which no kind of feels like this test. It feels like the theme for everything though. Um, I mean, in, in four weeks, are you going to be shocked if the fire Joe Barry hashtag starts going no, crazy again? Of course like not. Th- this next four games. And like, I know the Steelers stink. Everyone knows the Steelers stink. Mike Tomlin knows the Steelers offense stinks, but like if that team puts up 24, 30 points would you be shocked no nah. you'd be like oh well 
That's yeah. kind of the, the thing that happens. So going back to something we said in the, the first part uh, before we went to break, and you were talking about players who have ridiculously long leashes or guys who like should be playing that have, you know, almost like a grudge that LaFleur is holding against him. Um, Joe Barry is someone who's also had a, an incredible amount of leeway with Matt LaFleur. And it's weird because I feel like we're at a point now where this year, the failures of this team are maybe less to do with Joe Barry, more to do with Matt LaFleur. But I I also feel like there's a point where like you, you know, how long he's let Barry stick around is just another thing that we can like put in the con column of LaFleur. Like, I don't think he's done himself that many favors. Like I, I just, yeah, looking back on it now, it's so weird because we started off, it was so like enchanting. Like this guy just came in and won double digit games. It was like a guaranteed one or two seed every single season. But man, like, oh man, I'm just so sad. It's just like when you're on. No, no, the- we're supposed to be on the uptick right now. And this, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, but like, I, I don't know, man. It's really hard not to look at this year and just be really reflective. Uh, but well, because and the part of that problem is Alex is okay. So you're supposed to feel halfway through that they're growing, and it goes back to my earlier point. Like you just don't feel that growth because you feel like the growth defensively, even if it happens, like these next after the Steelers game, but those three games are going to be the ones everybody looks back at and remembers this Joe Barry defense for. And we don't have faith that he's going to put together a good defensive game plan for the Chargers, Lions, or the Chiefs. Like we just don't have, we don't have that faith. So like you're, you're going to likely, hopefully going to have a new defensive coordinator. So any growth, even that you experience with this defensive coordinator is not going to matter. And we haven't seen the growth out of the offense. It just hasn't. So anytime you feel like you get that positive momentum going, there's something else in the back of your mind going, oh, but this, and it just kind of brings you back down to earth. I, thank God those games are at home, though, because, like, you know, the Packers are already terrible. I, I don't know what the actual number is on this, but this is something that we've been talking about for weeks. It's just, like, the Packers just do not travel west and do well. No. Like, so I mean, that points to the head coach. Yeah, I, I mean – yeah, I guess. Like, but it... being 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 young matters in that. But but there's a like. Remember the bit he threw about traveling to London. Like yeah. that was he like he like had a public episode about how much he hated the what they were doing. It's like how is your team going to be ready to play when their head coach is complaining that I oh we have to go yeah everyone does man like get over it you're we all have to do it at some point it it seems it and like the. You could even point to coming out of buys and how historically bad the team has been. Like, I think you guys mentioned it last week. Like, they came out of the buy less prepared on offense yeah. and more injured, <laughs> and they didn't do it. Yeah, which <laughs> is actually just miraculous. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. Did they deserve like? Yeah, that that's that's something no other team is going to match yeah, this year. We're, yeah, unmatched. <laughs> Oh man, do um, so. I I think the 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 most important part, uh, or the most um, the thing we were most excited about seeing from the growth perspective this year was on the like coaching aside, defense aside, blah blah blah. We wanted to know what we had in Jordan Love, um, and Josh, you you sent us a little um little quote from Mark Murphy. Always be producing. Yeah, yeah always be producing. I wonder, <laughs> I, should we should we should we move on to a segment of the podcast uh, called Reading? 
and um ooh i like that one and just um just give the give the audience a little piece of what mark murphy said because um it's not a ringing endorsement in my quick little perusal um should i read quick i feel like you should who are we gonna who who is uh jim who's asking that question I, I, I've got it up. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the question, Mark. All right. It sounds good. Dear Mark, what are your thoughts on Jordan Love? I know you said it'd take at least eight games to determine if he is our quarterback of the future. Is he our quarterback of the future? Well, that's a million-dollar question, Jim. Slash Gabe. As a person, Jordan is everything you would want in a player. Hard worker, smart, humble, a leader who is respected by his teammates, he is also willing to take the blame when things don't go well. His play has been up and down, though. Young players often take time to find consistency, but we still very much believe in Jordan and are excited to see his continued development. In 2018, after eight games, we had seen enough of Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, didn't say that name. It's, it's, <laughs> that was Mark. That was Mark. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. It's fine. He owes us. Yeah. And we, and, bill him. And we, and bill him. we 10x his price because of his wealth. <laughs> <laughs> to sign him to a contract extension. Aaron was in a much different situation, though, as we had good veteran receivers in Donald Driver and Greg Jennings, a quality left tackle in Chad Clifton, <laughs> and a good running game with Ryan Grant. Jordan, meanwhile, is facing a much different situation with young receivers and tight ends, no David Bakhtiari, and a struggling run game. It wouldn't be fair to judge Jordan now, since there, is, uh, since there are so many other factors that have contributed to this offense's poor performance. For example, drop passes, penalties, mental errors. We should have a much better sense regarding Jordan at the end of this season. In the NFL, quarterback is the most important position, but also the hardest position to play. All right, so do you think he intentionally or unintentionally took shots in order at Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekunst, and Matt LaFleur? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, I I I mean this. Well, no, I don't. Uh, I was gonna say. I was, <laughs> Are we gonna say sincerely? I was gonna say I mean this with the most respect, yeah. but I don't. I don't know no. that he is like calculated enough to purposely <laughs> be taking those types of shots. You know what I mean? Like I, it's kind of where I landed. Yeah. I think he got halfway through that response. I went, Whoa, what am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, I get the train back on the tracks. He doesn't remember what he said. <laughs> yeah, what what is the saying? Don't attribute to malice what can be explained away by stupidity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was funny because like he like the because he kind of yeah he kind of took a shot at the not maybe not Bakhtiari but the Bakhtiari situation when he says a quality left tackle, but he also took a shot at the the left tackle rotation there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he took out the offensive yeah. line just as a whole. Our run game stinks. Yeah, yep. a quality running game with Ryan Grant. Aaron Jones is 3x better than Ryan Grant was in terms of just, like, <laughs> capability. Ryan Grant was a good player for the Packers. But yeah. Aaron Jones is going to be a Packers Hall of Famer, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just don't use it the right way. And maybe that's attributed to injury or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's not a ringing endorsement for Jordan Love. And it wasn't a ringing endorsement when at the beginning of the season they restructured his contract the way that they did, and they don't have any answers, and they're just not willing to. It's 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 a little sad for Jordan to not even put any type of stamp on it right now. He's just kind of sitting there in purgatory. Um, not really sure where he if, sits. 
if if he starts completing deep balls, is that going to be enough for everybody here to go, yep, he's our guy? Because that's the that's that's the number one thing. Like his inability to not like underthrow a, a go route is just maddening to a lot of people right now. Help me. Uh, yeah, Alex. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah. I have to see. I think I need an uptick just in playing completion percentage, and a lot of that, as we've mentioned now for the fiftieth time, is young players and inexperience and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean the NFL, the NFL functions basically off of explosion plays and flipping the field entirely and putting yourself into scoring position quickly. And like, if, if you can't do it, or if this continues. There's just no need. Like, he can be a fine – like, we're talking about a fine backup without that. That's what Jordan Love has been to this point. Like, yeah, he's, he's probably even a premium backup at this level because his decision-making is pretty solid. He He's not a guy who's going to be uh, flustered necessarily in the pocket. But, like, uh, other than that, there's nothing to, to like, ride, ride home He's about. almost as good as a Josh Dobbs type. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a question i have that might take us off on a a whole tangent here for for a little bit uh but it's a it's something i've been tossing around in my head and in regards to are we going to look at these two years following aaron Rodgers before mark murphy uh is forced into a retirement due to uh his elderly status like are these just gonna be kind of like the lost years or like the lame duck years for the Packers franchise because we all talk about how there's not going to be wholesale changes to to the front office or to the the coaching staff really because you kind of gave them these two years but are they just going to be two years of inaction because what what from these next eight games is going to happen or how much change do we need to see for them to make a decision because I think if this carries out in terms of Jordan Love's performance they're giving him next year regardless there's enough things to explain things away so is not moving on from a head coach who clearly can't handle a team without a great quarterback going to just drive us deeper into a hole is the chance of like, like if they end up drafting a quarterback or are they not going to draft a quarterback because they're stuck on Jordan love? Like if they end up in the top seven, what they are right now, like how many times are you going to end up in the top seven of the draft? Jordan Love's going to get, somewhat better next year so the team's going to get better they'll probably have more wins so now you're drafting in the middle of the first round like are we going to be like well those years were useless for us i i think i've already arrived at a point with jordan where i don't think he's going to be great i think i think we would have seen more flashes from him if he was going to be great at this point i understand it's hard to be great with everything that's around him but it goes back to everything that I've heard from the Jason Wildes, the Rob Domofskis, and the people that are there every day. Like when when Jason is on our shows on ESPN Milwaukee all the time, going, "Yeah, there's just not that many wow throws he's made in practice." When Rob Domofsky comes on our show and goes, "Yeah, Jordan under throwing balls, that's been an issue going back to when he first arrived in Green Bay, and it hasn't gotten better in three and a half years." So I don't think that that's suddenly going to get better over the next eight games. And Jordan Love being just good like just being a Kirk Cousins type, that's terrifying to me because that just, that, seriously, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. That's the worst case scenario. You want to be great or you want to be bad. So you know you have to replace him. You don't want to be where the Giants were last year going, 
ah, here's $160 million, Danny Jones, don't let us down. And then the Giants are where they are this year because Danny Jones wasn't what they thought he was, right? So that's the thing that's terrifying to me is I think that this team, especially with Gutekunst in charge, who refuses to admit that he makes mistakes, would be willing to give a run-of-the-mill average quarterback some sort of extension that's and, and the don't the starting bidding if you're a starting quarterback in this league and you're you know you're going to be the starter that that Daniel Jones contracts the opening bid like the minimum you make now as a starting quarterback is 40 million dollars a year and that's terrifying to me because that's that's going to, to to your point Josh like that could potentially build on what the lost years are right now potentially for the Green Bay Packers um, <clears throat> so so, so I love looking at Alex just so dejected in that little corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I guys, this is my fault. Like we were start, we were starting to build momentum and then I jumped offside. Like it just kind well, of no, it's know, actually Josh's fault. He but he preambled with I'm gonna lead us off the off the rails here. <laughs> so here, here's how I want to see how the Packers um distinguish themselves as a legitimate um elite franchise and institution. Because the lost years don't have, like, you mentioned we're playing the Steelers this week. These are kind of lost-ish years for the Steelers right now, but they're still a team that finishes above 500 every single season and doesn't make these major hiccups look so, uh, you know, detrimental and awful. So, and the Ravens kind of, and Harbaugh kind of have that same... um that same tendency and you look at a team like the 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 Rams who sold everything to win a Super Bowl which great for them but then they went from being terrible to great for a season and then terrible again like the Packers for years and years and years have always been more than elite like like just haven't gotten over that hump you just hope that whatever these next couple years look like they don't fall somewhere in that Carolina Panthers range where they're just hovering around the bottom and don't quite figure it out. And a lot's going to have to do with love. It's going to be these next, the the, the back half of the season is going to be imperative and how he plays against these really good teams is going to be imperative too. I just, I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence. Jordan love being a failure shouldn't be a death sentence to a franchise. Like if, if, there's a way to cut our losses here if we all decide this isn't the right person. The mistake comes in in carrying it out too long or seeing a flash because you played the Panthers, the Buccaneers, and the Bears end the season and go, wow, this, guy, this guy's this guy got it. What we saw all year wasn't what he really is. This is our guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to turn this... Gonna, no, but that's a good point. Like, I think that's a good point, Josh. It doesn't that that that's a sign of a good organization to be able to cut bait when it's necessary, not holding on to Amari Rogers for an unnecessary year and have him fumble multiple punts. Yeah. Yeah. Small things like He's that. He's a returner. Yeah. He, yeah, Aaron. That, 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 what, a great Aaron. I'll put a I'll put a quarter in the in the fine jar for that one because that was such a great Rogers quote. <laughs> How do you where do you see Amari Rogers on the team right now? He's a returner. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> too good. Too good. Should have appreciated it while we had it. Um, all right. So I'm gonna turn this dejected corner, uh, as uh, 
as Josh said, into a degenerate corner, baby. Uh, let's go. Hey, let's go. Um, Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. So last week, um, you guys had some uh, some bets in the degenerate corner, some of which uh, went better than others. So first <laughs> off, usually how it goes. <laughs> uh, Packers. Minus three and a half. Was that really the line at the point of recording? Three and a half. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Uh. Well, that hit. So congrats to you guys. Um. That's green. Packers. I don't think I was on record Victory. saying that I even wanted that. To be honest, okay. I don't want to take credit for something that. Um. I Jordan love rushing do. yards. We keep hammering it. Uh. This time it did not work out so well. I believe he had seven rushing yards. Um. So we took the over. That's uh, we were wrong on that. But uh, one of our corporate overlords, Tex Western, game total thirty eight and a half, easy money. He took the under, uh, of course, uh, and he had about fifteen and a half points to uh, play with there. So uh, good week to one in the degenerate corner. Um, anybody want to tee anything up? I got one to uh, start us off, and then I have maybe the least sexy bet. Uh, that possible to nominate for degenerate corner as a second one. Um, so I will start off first half total 19 and a half. I'm going under. In fact, I already took it at DraftKings, uh, at DraftKings.com or not really. I took it on Man, the app. That's seems, seems like free money there because like 19 and a half feels like it should be the game. Tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Can these teams cumulatively get over 20 points? Uh, Nick, are you going under? I'm taking, I'll ride that with you for sure. All right. You want to nominate anything else? I know it's a, again, at, at time of recording, sometimes it's hard. Not all the player props are out. Although I did see there were quite a few rushing and receiving totals out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some, some specialty props, uh, for the game on DraftKings, the uh, official partner of, uh, uh, betting partner of SB Nation and Acme Packing Company. What do you got? You're giving me a look like you want to. Well, I just feel <laughs> I just feel like it's going to be one of those like we're going to let their star wide receiver who hasn't been oh, sublime all year just kind of go nuts. I feel like Deontay Johnson is going to go well over 60 yards. Okay. Is that what it's at? 60? 59 and yeah. a half. Yeah. Wow. It just feels like one of those like. Or it could be it could be Pickens, like, but I just I feel like it's going to be a no, Deontay no, no, no. Johnson game. You got to go with the most obvious because we haven't had a real classic case of the Packers getting beat by the obvious guy in a while. So yeah, he got Johnson, his he got his first touchdown in like two years last week. Fifty nine and a half. Yeah, said. yeah, I'm taking that one. I think I'll, I'll, I'll I like I'll ride with you on that. I like both of the Packers rushing overs for Aaron Jones and for Jordan Love. I know we talked about the Jordan Love one already, and that one has been successful all the time, but Jordan Love's going to be running from his life from TJ Watt. We can all pretty much expect that. So if there's any flushing the pocket, and the Aaron Jones thing for me is the Packers clearly, they've made it obvious, and we all thought this going into the season, it just didn't bear out because of injuries and game script, things of that nature. But the Packers know if they're going to win the game, they got to get the ball to Aaron Jones a lot. And like, they rushed the ball with him more than I thought. 51 and a half isn't all that much. And I don't think I don't think the Steelers offense is good enough where you're gonna end up in like extremely obvious passing situations for Jordan Love, like consistently yeah. late in the game. Like I, this game's probably gonna be close un, until the end. Yeah. Are we just gonna see a bunch of run run pass three and outs? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Like God intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
run, run, third and seven, incomplete ball, punt city. Uh, Jordan Love rushing yards is currently posted, actually, and it's at 13 and a half. That's definitely territory yeah. that we have to take. Are you riding on that? Yeah. For the record, Nick. Uh, and I'm, and I'm riding with Josh, too, because yeah. it's too fun not to. All right. What do we think about Luke Musgrave, too? He's, his is at 25 and a half. Is, is the fact that they are, like, drawing up plays specifically for him give us any sort of confidence that like maybe that number in two weeks is going to be like in the mid thirties and we are getting a good price. Maybe the only concern for me right now in that is, well, actually I think it, it, it might temper my concern because if they start to get, if they start to get in that weird, I don't know where to push the ball frenetic state. Musgrave usually gets loose on one of those weird broken plays. And it's just a matter if he stays on his feet or not, or doesn't, you know, fall over. So, it, yeah. so how confident are you after watching him <laughs> score his first touchdown yeah. that he's now athletic enough to stay on his own two feet? Yeah. That's if basically you watch, what you're asking yourself. Yeah. If you watch that back, he wanted to go down. Hey, but Lambo's slippery, man. And he didn't. Yes. I think that, I think that counts for something. Yes. I feel like he's going to have, he'll have enough targets to get to that number. He should. Yeah. So, yeah. I would. Am I too much of a hater to say Christian Watson under is obvious? <laughs> Thirty-seven and a half. I mean, uh, Injuries or yards? Uh, <laughs> like, come on. Uh, I'll take the over for injuries, under for yards. Yeah. Oh man, the poor guy can't catch a break. Uh, I I would take. I think I would take that or a ball. There, there's not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't see splash plays really at all. And I don't see a way that like I mean at this point at the, at the rate in which this offense operates, you need like five catches to even get to 40 yards. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty rough. It, it, the, the crazy thing is too, if there was a Christian Watson like anytime touchdown available, I'd almost take that and still bet the under because they want him to get into the yeah, end zone yeah. so damn bad. Like if you saw that play Orlovsky tweeted out of them like running him through the tackle and the tight end <laughs> and streaking across the formation, like they want him to be involved in a way that like he's just not that guy. Yeah. Like he's he's not Devonta Adams. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not the guy you go. We need the ball in his hands right here because he's really gonna make something happen. But it seems like they they're treating him that way. Yeah. Um. I don't know for what reason, if they feel like a confidence thing is like a part. Of, I, I don't know. I, I, he is, <laughs> that should be the Dobbs thing, though. He's a, their most viable weapon, theoretically. So maybe that's just that's just it. But like, <laughs> at some point. Or is it just ROI? Yeah. Uh, Trying to get return on where we drafted Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're like, Aaron Jones is actually our most formidable. Of, but we got oh, him yeah. in the fourth or whatever, fifth round. So, yeah. So we just don't use him as much. As <laughs> All right. Uh, really quick before we wrap up, uh, I, I said least sexy uh, degenerate corner bet of the year. Anders Carlson, field goals made, one and a half. <laughs> there will be some points. And I don't think they're going to be touchdowns. So I'm going over. I think uh, I, I think we'll find enough success to get in field goal range. And uh, so uh, two field goals. Come on. And how many consecutive games has he missed a field goal? I know one of them didn't count, but 
Are we three in a row at this point? Hey, that one doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> I know he missed it, but it didn't count. So, so Alex, I disagree. It's not a real streak, Josh. <laughs> I disagree with you. Um, not on taking the bet, but on the fact that you don't consider that sexy. Because oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I find nothing sexier than chotting that uh, that young rookie out there and striking one through the posts. <laughs> uh, six points have never been sexier, I guess. Um, yeah, I I like it. I see a lot of stalled drives. You know, um, you might be writing solo on that one. Okay. Fine. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, attempts definitely over. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. If it was attempts, yeah, I think you'd have, you'd have a lot more uh, support from the group. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, especially Josh. We'll uh, we'll see. Uh, I just put a, a tiny little sprinkle on it uh, to put my money where my my mouth is on that one. So, uh, all right. Uh, anything else? Do we do we do the the polka? Is that? Uh, well, how this goes? we'll hit the we'll hit the polka. Um, any any predictions, boys? Do you, do we think the Packers come out on top? The, right now, the uh, Steelers are a three point favorite. Uh, no, I, I think it's no. Yeah. I, I'm not picking the Packers. Four, my, Fourteen ten Steelers. My brain tells me no, but my heart tells me yes because a loss to the Steelers with the the upcoming schedule. I don't I don't want to know me. <laughs> in a situation where the Packers go 0-4 in these next yeah. four games. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pick a win until they get one uh, from here on out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick win too, just because I'm, I'm riding the high until I'm not. And after, yeah. and after next week, when they inevitably lose, I'll say it's the worst team in the, in the NFL. Uh-huh. I don't think they're the worst team in the NFL, but uh, don't know that. No, you know what? No, I want to root for a win. So I'll, I'll, I'll say they're going to win more than three games. And this is one of the ones that seems very well. It's got to happen. Yeah. It's got to happen. So sometimes you don't need a lot of logic to predict the NFL. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for, uh, for, for joining us. Um, Gabe Neitzel and Josh DiMaggio of uh, Jen, Gabe and Chewy, 94.5 ESPN milwaukee uh it was fun getting back together uh wish there was a better season to talk about but um i enjoyed it so thanks for thanks for hopping on the, anytime the group the, our, our little group chat remains and got to uh, materialize into a podcast this week so uh-huh. yeah it's fun yeah i i had a blast guys even though the the conversation wasn't wasn't uh uplifting just seeing your faces uplifted me today oh wow Man, when did you get so nice? <laughs> this is, this is... It's because other people can hear me. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, fair enough. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. Again, uh, the show is uh, at the Unpack Pod on Twitter at uh, GNitel16, uh, Josh underscore DiMaggio. And uh, yeah, we'll be here next week. Uh, shout out to everyone who's. Plugging along with the Pick'em uh, League, we'll give an update next week when uh, Zach is back because uh, I'm just not organized enough we, to have we, that. We leave all the uh, yeah, all the organizational stuff to Zach. We're just here to let it let it rip. Uh, stay tuned uh, to the feed throughout the rest of the week. You get a actual more in depth preview uh, with Justice Mosqueda 
heading into uh, to the weekend, looking ahead to the Steelers game. One of the few winnable games remaining uh, on paper uh, on the Packers schedule. So for them, I'm me. I love what Zach says that. I, I've been I've been waiting to say that. For them, I'm me. Thanks for listening. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today